0: And Zach
1: Bechtold. And today we have a very special guest with us. We have Reverend Michael Smith, who is the Superintendent of Congregational and Community Vitality in the Mountain Sky Conference. Um, Michael, thanks for being with us, man. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what you do?
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've always wanted to be a part of this podcast uh, I'm, I'm not supposed to say that I envy your beards because that's not biblical, so I'll just say <laughs> I hate your faces.
1: <laughs> so. Fair enough. Now, now, I can confirm that you grew a pretty gnarly beard uh, last fall. Gnarly in the way that it
2: brought public and familial ridicule, ridicule from, from <laughs> everyone. Not even, even, when I shaved it off, nobody noticed. And other than when I told, uh, I remember specifically talking with the bishop, and, and, I, and they said, something's different about you. And I said, yeah, I shaved the beard that I've been growing for three months, or however long it was. And they're like, oh, yeah,
1: that's okay. Yeah, we didn't like that. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> good to know. So, well, um, I liked it. And if you go back in your text messages, I was very sad when you shaved it.
2: <laughs> well, you were, you were like my beard coach. So you were, you were very encouraging. It, I had like a personal trainer for just my face. It was, it was a good time. So, yeah. That's so good. again, uh, I'm married. I have three children, uh, ages you know, nine, seven, and five. So young kids at home. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey and I uh, served uh, as a pastor in New Jersey. I'm an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church mm-hmm. in the Greater New Jersey Annual Conference and uh, served as a pastor about uh, 12 years there. And then saw an opportunity to do some development work out here in Mount Sky. so that's what I've been doing. And then uh, I'm actually headed back into the local church to be the lead pastor of Trinity United Methodist Church in Mullica Hill, New Jersey, starting on July 1st. And uh, that was announced two days before the quarantine. (laughs) So (laughs) it was like, oh, okay, you know, and, So now we're in this weird transition time, but um, I feel like, you know, being a local pastor that was um, had a healthy suspicion of conference resourcing um, as now who, as now who want, as one who now serves as sort of a resource and development person, I feel like I've tried to bring some of my experience as a pastor in local church, um, you know, to give the resources that people can actually try and use and that will be helpful and beneficial and, and I try to always view my work as a developer here from the lens of the local church and a local pastor sort of point of view. So I love to, um, to uh, support churches, work with uh, pastors and laity. And in this role, I work not only with Vitality with all the churches, but I also get to do the development of new church starts and new faith communities in the Mountain Sky. So that's a little bit about what I do.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's been, I've got to work with you in, in some of that. Uh, in some of those areas, and it's been, yeah, i all affirm that you've brought a lot of what the local church sees and needs to that conference level and in uh, the resourcing and things like that. And um, we're sad to see you go back to New Jersey. I'll be honest, but oh. we get it. <laughs> thank you.
2: Yeah, thank. Yeah. It's, it's been good working with you. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So, um, so it's it's no secret. Uh, we're we're in quarantine. We're in stay home orders. Uh, the church is night and day different today than it was a month ago Uh, in the things that we're doing uh, for worship, for small groups, for everything. And at some point, some point, sometime, I don't know, not even, (laughs) I can't even say the near future, we're gonna return back to being um, in in in-person gatherings. And I I think we're all curious about what maybe the church looks like when we kind of get back to whatever the new normal is going to be, and so from your perspective, what are you what are you seeing? What are you hearing from churches in this area?
2: Right, and I, I appreciate the voices that have encouraged us to say, "Hey, let's not get back to normal." Um, though I, I know why we say we want to get back to normal, but those voices, and obviously, I'm not you know the first one to say it that you know normal wasn't necessarily working or normal mm-hmm. wasn't good for everybody. So let's you know think about what a new normal can be you know maybe through the lens you know of justice or compassion uh, grace you, you know just all the things that we value um what can that normal start to look like um from the church vitality perspective you know we really don't want to go back to normal because the story of the normal for the sort of american local church has been we don't want to jump right back into that. So how can we use this very strange time in our world, sort of almost, you know, I'm wondering if this is going to be a generational defining time um, for our children or for us, for those that have kind of walked through this. Um, I I don't know, maybe that's too much to say, but I'm curious curious to see how when we look back at this, we can see this as sort of a, a catalyst or see this as a turning point for us on, on creating something new or just living through this sort of national, if not global, obviously, um, trauma. So, uh, you know, and obviously people experience pain in different ways. So, but I think it's fair to say that we are all walking through something traumatic in the way that it's affecting us um, from the scale of people that are losing loved ones. Um, Mm -hmm. to also just what social isolation is doing to us and things like that. So I know we probably all have different stories of of how this is affecting us and walking through with us. Um, But yeah, so trying to remember some of those things. But I I mean, when we sort of come back, a couple of things that I'm seeing now that um, I'm curious to start conversations with people about is... um, we're really getting to see that this is just making us more of who we already are. And I always say, you know, it's been said that wealth does that. Um, you know, I would say that the the internet does that, <laughs> you know, uh, that's something that we, you know, growing up, we didn't have that. And now we've got this as adults, this, our children have this thing called internet and, you know, and it's just, I realize it's making us, more of who we are. So go on social media and you see that the people who are compassionate, you know, they use their social media or the internet to use that compassion and love to spread joy and goodness in the world. And the people that are not, you know, you, it's going to make them even more, it's going to put like a magnifying glass on, you know, who they are. And we see that in their posts and what they share and some of those other things. But I mean, really. I've seen a lot of pastors walking around with sort of this reality of trying to to live into this new thing while also doing it in the old way. And I think what this is gonna teach us is we really have to do things differently. So what are really the core principles that we need to kind of like lean into versus how do we just do what we've already done But put it now on a video or put it, you know, for online in a digital world. So um, I see see the, I mean, the funny thing is uh, I see the tension when I talk with pastors about offering new types of services or goods or worship or discipleship, you know, whatever sort of commodities that we offer within our church world. They're seeing the tension between my people don't want to do this. And and that's kind of, even before COVID-19, we as sort of pastors live in this reality of, are we making decisions? Are we doing programming, you know, based upon the sheep that are currently there or upon the communities or those that we're trying to reach or whatever language feels comfortable for people to use. I found that a lot of what we do in the church is really catered towards providing a programming and the resources for the people who are already there. And in this very strange world, the people that are already there may not necessarily always engage in this Facebook Live or, you know, watch on YouTube or whatever you're going to be. We're going to be Zooming for small groups this week instead of gathering in the church basement and things like that. So within the clergy person, They've got to wrestle with that reality when we kind of go back into this, are we just going to fall back into the rhythms, which, if we're honest, we're probably just feeding the sheep that are there, um, rather than necessarily leading into a pasture. Um, So how will people, you know, in this sort of new normal, begin to shift a little bit of seeing themselves now as oh, how can I be a pastor to the community rather than just to the people that are already there? Does that make sense? I'm going to stop there because I've been talking a lot. So I'll let you jump in on, on this idea.
0: No, I I, th- I think you're right. Um, I think I think that that's the big pushback is that um, there are people, like there are clergy that know they need to do something different. They just don't know what that looks like. And uh, what I've been talking about in our uh in my congregation is that we now have a time to plan ahead, which is not something we've ever had in this congregation. And so what are some things that we can look at programming wise that we may need to tweak? We can now, this is a great time to have that conversation and we're not having to make decisions on the fly, which is what we had done, um, and program on the fly, but actually like come up with some meaningful programming, that would benefit not only the people that are currently that will come back, but people that we could reach out to that weren't necessarily a part of us from the beginning anyway. And um, one of the things I'm seeing, that's been really cool is through our zoom uh, gatherings that we've been hosting and, and our Facebook live stuff is we're, we're reaching people that we weren't reaching before because of jobs or, you know, like X, Y, Z, whatever. And so now we're trying to figure out how can we meet those people's needs and their pastoral you know needs that they have um i have a i have a team that we can you know we we we're analyzing that and trying to figure out where to go from from here and 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 that's where like hearing from other people how they're doing it that's why it's really nice to have these kind of networks of saying like hey you know hey zach what are you doing and 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 zach and i from the very beginning um did that like we kind of strategize together what would work and 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 the big thing with this and I think we've said this about every week since we started this whole process was this is definitely a marathon and we can't have a sprinter's mentality of, you know, even if we come back, we may only be able to come back for a short amount of time and then be back in this again. You know, I mean, that's some of the data that's being out there. I mean, there's so much out there that it's hard to really plan, but I think each church can individually like look in themselves and ask themselves, what could they do better or more and that sort of thing. And I think that that's a, just having that plan. I mean, I don't think we're being encouraged to plan out. It's just, it feels like it's a, hey, we're glad that you're doing what you're doing. Good job. Uh, Keep doing it. And uh, um, and, and having some guidance of being able to think ahead, I think would be, it would be huge uh, for a lot of congregations and whether they're meeting online or not. Because I don't know about, I don't know about your guys' conference, but I would suspect in our conference, we have a lot of churches that are just not meeting because they don't have, the digital means. Um, and I think, um, and that's a hard thing to understand is that like if you live in a, in a community that you can have technology, it's great, but you know, there's a lot of communities I know in Oklahoma that don't necessarily have that technology. Um, and even band, the idea of bandwidth of being able to actually do a Facebook live stream service, you know, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and so trying to figure out how to be the church in that deals, you know, I I'm, I'm, I've been, Excited to see the creativity that I've seen, but I'm also nervous about what will happen when we can, when we're in the new normal.
2: Right. And what I want to say to people, you know, clergy and laity that, you know, are listening to this when we come back, you know, even before we come back, one of the things they need to hear right now is chill. You got to chill out, right? <laughs> um, relax. Okay. Yeah. Just, yeah. just chill. Okay. Look, people we're in such a weird time, and all I'm hearing from pastors is that they are doing more work. They are mm-hmm. busting their butts to try and figure out this stuff. And the truth is, well, who's asking them to do that? Right. We're feeling it as, you know, oh, we got to go, go, go. We got to do, do, do. And some of it is like, we'll give grace, relax, let's chill because like you said some people don't have the bandwidth for these types of things and that stresses them out and they feel like they're not doing enough and it's okay like it's it's okay we're going to be in this for a season and it's going to be longer than what we would have ever wanted it to be because the truth is once it's lifted it's not like you know everybody's going to be running back day one mm-hmm. there, there may be some communities that that happens but my guess, which is not really that educated of a guess, is that when it's lifted, that the first Sunday that people can actually start to go back and worship, uh, the first Sunday that people can actually go back and start to worship again, they might want to just dip their toes in the water, you know, they're going to be like, oh, it's okay to meet in groups more than 10, let's meet with uh, 50 people this Sunday, or 200 people, whatever the size of your church is going to be. They may not want to do that right away. They may want to ease a little bit back into this. So some of the tools that people are working on now are going to continue to help and show fruit of people trying to ease back into this stuff, even when you go back into the sort of live meeting format. Um, But yeah, it's just everybody needs to like relax and
1: chill. Right. Well, and and that's what... uh, I, I, God, I agree with that so much. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I, keep, I keep looking at this whole thing as we got a big, giant reset button. Whether we like it or not, we have a chance to, to chill out and to let some things die in our ministries that frankly needed to, and we wanted to, and now we can grieve those things. And as, pe- as we do get to come back to whatever, whatever it is, oh, we didn't miss that. Oh, good but we really like this. Great, let's run with that, right? Um, but that opportunity to our congregations have been unbelievably graceful. It's, it's the clergy, it's the pastors who haven't been graceful for themselves. Mm-hmm. And you're right, just running and we gotta get this done. We gotta prove ourselves. We have to prove our worth. We gotta do all these things to make sure we're busy so that we can still do all the things we're doing, right? It's like, no, no, no. let's slow down a little bit and do the thing we can do and then pick up and, and build and grow and, and do these things and make these connections. Because you're right, we, we have a big foot in the door with people in our community who otherwise wouldn't have walked into our sanctuaries or our churches or wherever we're gathering. Now they're seeing it and they're checking it out. And when we're able to gather again, how do we make that connection that may not equal the sanctuary, but it equals some sort of relationship, it equals some sort of um, positive thing in their lives um but it may never end up in the sanctuary it's like any other ministry we do it can't the the end goal can't be butts and pews right but how do we how do we notice oh these people are engaging they're curious how do we reach out how do we continue i thought that was the
0: uh I thought that was the mission statement uh, that we're making disciples of Jesus Christ for butts and pews. Um, did I have that wrong the whole time? Like, do <laughs> I need to rethink my whole ministry model now? Oh man, like that I'm, I'm sarcastic on that. And that, like, it, it blows my mind how like churches that were having somewhat of a online presence um, beforehand um, haven't either upkept theirs or have like you know totally like just disappeared and it's like no like this is a great time for us to do things like that you wanted to do like i mean i'm enjoying I've, i've been able to teach a bible study the last three or the last four weeks i haven't been able to do that in four years um and and now i have time to do those sort of things i'm able to lead prayer groups um and and i haven't been able to do that in a long time and 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 we're getting new people to connect to those. Um, and I, and it's making a, I know it's making a difference. And I think that, you know, this whole idea of clergy, like, like you do need to slow down and, and like it will be okay. Like, cause if you can be a calm presence for your people, your people need that just as much as anything else, anything else you could put out there. I mean, I, you know, if you're doing a video blog every week or every day, man, like, stop, like, that's not, your people have tuned out four weeks ago. Um, and and to be open to some new creativity on some things that maybe you wanted to do, but never could before, because maybe you didn't have the time or the, um, uh, you know, whatever. And I think that that's key. Like, I think people need to hear, I think churches and church leadership, whether it's clergy or lay staff or, you know, whoever, you know, to really lean into, it will be okay and just let's pace ourselves. And like, like you posted in the chat, people place priority and passion and just connect those. There's a way to connect that even in this digital time that we're in. Um, and even for the non-digital, I mean, there are ways that we can connect non-digitally too.
2: Right, I mean, that's how I see vitality through, those, through that lens or I call it a frame. It's sort of like you know, you know, the L7 square you know, look at you know. I just think Sandlot when I hear the word L
0: 100
1: percent,
2: hundred percent. So, <laughs> um, but those are four pieces of a, a picture for me, or I ca- that's why I call it a frame. So, if if the center of this frame is going to be a vital church or a healthy ministry or whatever language you feel comfortable with, um, then I think four of the pieces to this. Are people, place, priority, and passion? and what's interesting is I've, I've tried to roll some of these things out. Uh, I've talked with people about these things, and then I've kind of reevaluated in light of what is COVID 19 teaching us about these things, and some are still the same, but I, I've had to adjust them a little bit, because um, I think this has been this time has been teaching us even more about what really matters, and I think it's these are four words that I think can be interchangeable or maybe you can find some other things. But I think these are just four elements for me that I think are important. You know, every church has a place. It has people. Every church needs a priority and needs a passion.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So um, so I wanted, if I could, could I just chat through each one a little bit. Please. I love, love your feedback. And Yeah, sure. And so, so, I mean, one of the things... that that I kind of lean back into with these four P's as we call them um, is the word that's kept coming up in my mind has been production. Mm. And, and I've just, that's, it's just kept coming to me, coming to me, production. We are like producing things. And I think there's people that have written on this. I'm a pastor not a producer. Maybe that's where it's coming in my mind. Kind of a, kind of a concept because we're asking people to, get into this digital world and do these content things. And, and the thing that I thought about is, at the end of the day, it's still about people and not production. And what I mean by that is this principle before now and after, I think is going to be the same people are going to give grace if you don't have the slickest of things. And in fact, I think we've probably all sat in really slick performances, really well done, as local pastors were like, oh my gosh, I wish I had the resources to the lights and the media, and I wish I was skinny like that person on the stage, or whatever. You know, I wish I had a beard like that pastor, you know, that we've sat through incredible productions called church. And we've been inspired by them by sure, but there's also been some that I've sat through that I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. You know. Um and I think regardless of who you are and what type of resources you have, you have people. You may not have a ton, but you have some. And so when you're living into this COVID-19 time and even afterwards, I want people to remember when you're engaging with people, there's, there's a couple things that you know I think are important to remember, it's how can I know you? That's, that's what we want. Um, There's so much of, and this is such a great time to be personal um, or to be appropriately vulnerable, right? And, you know, not, vulnerability is good. It needs to be appropriate or contextually appropriate. So, you know, your, you know, Sunday morning sermon isn't necessarily your therapy session, you know, that you want to put on Facebook Live. But. How can I, as a viewer, because I can't be in the room with you, how can I still know you? But look, even when I'm gonna be in the room with you, how can I know you? And this isn't about the ego of the presenter or the person. This is about a community. So how can we let uh, let ourselves really be known? And when we engage with people, remember that it's gosh, it's about people. I think most of us who feel called into the ministry have this idea of we wanting to work with people. And uh you know, sometimes I meet people in churches that they don't like people and they struggle because this is a people quote unquote business, you know? So we have to remember at the end of the day, as much as we're trying to edit edit videos and social media stuff and online giving and all that stuff, it's just a, it's about people. So How is it that when you're doing all of that content, it still gets back to the heart of you have a time to be face to face with people? How will you use it?
1: No doubt. I I had a guy who's a community member. I'm in an investment club with him. And he asked me last night, you know, what's it like preaching to a camera? And, you know, I jokingly said, it's not any different than preaching to the room full of people you know the the camera gives you about as much feedback sometimes uh you know and jokingly but it's really not when when you remember it it's about the people who are either engaging you in person uh, in person or right now through the digital it there's not a big leap if you're able to have that vulnerability if you're able to have that honesty and authenticity to say hey we're just trying to figure this out too. Uh, let's do the best we can, and here's who I am in these moments. Uh, like you say, to the, an appropriate extent, right? Um, and people notice that. You know, They'll see right through it if we're in the pulpit or if we're on their computer screen if we're not being honest with who we are in those moments. And so finding that, remembering it's it's about the people who are in front of you, however they're in front of you or with you, um, and not about us. In, and I think we lose that in a lot of places as pastors and get wrapped up in all of the things that drag that down.
2: What, what do you think, Matt? You wanna jump in or you want me to keep going?
0: Or did, I, 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 was I, it
2: so, so moronic that you're stumped or so, <laughs> so awesome that you are blown away? That's the, you should see the look on his face, people.
0: <laughs> Some will. All five of them will. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think. Um, I, I, I think you were all, you're both are right, and I think that that whole idea of what are we doing, how are we connecting with people, is really what matters, and those stories need to be told. Um, I think of a person that um, had been going through a rough patch in their life, um, and started coming. They they started coming to church in November, and uh, the they came because of a rough patch, and then the rough patch got rougher, and so then they weren't able to come and haven't been able to be connected from us since November. Well, um, they've pretty much been connected with us every week that we've been doing this. So since the first of March, they've been connected through our churches, whatever it is we're doing. And uh, you know, they've shared with me other all sorts of things like they've enjoyed being able to be part of this. Um, this has helped them through this time and they wouldn't have been able to connect to the church otherwise. And to be able to have that has been a real big blessing for them. And and so to hear those sort of things, like, I think churches need to be told those stories and so like encouraging our people to share like how this is helping. Um, we need to hear that. Um, and, and hear that positive feedback. I mean, I, you know, you're always going to have your negative feedback. People are always going to tell you how much things suck. I mean, that's, I mean, we all do it. I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of a given, but I think what we're really bad at is giving praise and, and pastors and, and people that are doing these, um, programming these digital programmings now they need to hear how it's making a difference so they can so it gives them the energy and fuel to continue on because if not they're going to hit a wall where like i don't want to do this anymore like this i'm this is stupid i'm tired of doing this i'm not seeing anything it's harder to see fruit in the digital that's the one thing i think is always i think that's the one thing that we don't account for and so the way that we see fruit Um, really is through that sharing and how we're making a difference. My wife and I talked about this in our Bible study yesterday. Um, Like it's really easy to share with people how you, how the church is making a difference now. I mean, you just hit share. And then, and if you want to, if you want to even feel more vulnerable, Hey, I like this, watch it. And then you just hit share. It's not like it's, I mean, I think, I think teaching our people how to do that is, is vital even more so now because we don't know, we're not necessarily training our people how to do it, even when before this was happening, how to do it before it was happening. Now it's in a new area and and most people weren't really using that area and now they are. So how can we share our faith in this area? That's not, um, not negative, you know, I'm trying to say like, it's not that bad way of doing it, but it's like a healthy way of saying, hey, my church does this Bible study, I'd love for you to be a part of it, you can watch it here, and you can catch up with, you know, those sort of things, like, training our people how to share the positive, we, we've we got to do that better, so that way, I mean, we weren't doing it well in the beginning, um, and we need to continue, like, we need to develop ways of doing that for our congregants now, so that way they can be equipped to share, you know, share the good news. Mm-hmm.
2: You know one of the the struggles I've always found has been Saint. Francis really messed us up when he talked about you know preaching the gospel and, if necessary, use words, um, which I think we would probably all be like, "That's awesome." But then it was also, I think, the number one reason for not using words. you know, say, you know,, oh, it's my actions, it's my actions." Yeah, 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 absolutely. Don't be a jerk, you know. Um but then you, how do we share the good news? How do we tell the story? That will require action, but it also require words, and now we're in a season of digital storytelling. I can't get up in front of a room of people and tell a story. I'm behind a screen or a camera or something, and at the end of the day, I still have to use my words. I you can't you know as much see it Um, you know as much as we have an opportunity to use our words as well as our actions but I'm always you know when we're talking about like missional engagement I'm also wanting to remind people that you know at the end of the day we still may need to invite people we still may need to build relationships and by the way we should build relationships (laughs) and not just for the sake of inviting but just period um you know, so some of those principles. Go ahead, Zach.
1: No, I, I I think that's the, one of the most important things that we sometimes miss in the church is it's this, to share the good news means you go out and you're inviting somebody to something else, whether it's church or bar church or small group, or whatever, right? Um, and really, it's just inviting people into a relationship with you and the people around you, and those relationships grow, and and. Yeah, we, whether we're in person or a digital, we don't often see how that fruit plays out. It's much harder in the digital. But as pastors, we have hope that the things we do and say and are a part of affect people enough that they go and they think and, and they share it with people somehow, you know, we almost have a leg up in the digital world that we can say, hey, like and share this, right? Super easy. Um, but at some point, there has to be a relationship with people they're sharing it with, uh, both both digital and in person, and, and you're right. It all points back to, you know, you and I having this relationship, relationship strong enough that we can say, Hey, have you ever thought about this? This is something I'm wondering about. What are your thoughts? You know, uh, or here's where I've seen God at work during quarantine you know, or here's where I find hope today. You know, we share those things with the people that we have relationships with. And sometimes those are really deep, strong, meaningful relationships. And sometimes they're very fresh. And we're curious and excited to share these things and have these conversations. And you're right. uh, We don't often do a good job of talking about those things uh, as clergy either. Um, Outside of the pulpit, we sometimes do a pretty bad job of building those relationships and sharing those stories and having those conversations. Yeah, I just think at the end of the day, it's got to be people over production.
0: Mm-hmm. And I totally in, agree
2: in COVID-19 and beyond COVID-19. So right. I think when we walk away from this, it's going to be like, I know how to do a online church or something like that. Okay, people, 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 now and after and guess what it was there before too right right Um,
0: well and and i think that's what's been a nice transition i know and, and even zach was doing online like online stuff beforehand like it's not like we've you know have changed anything we're still doing some of the same stuff i mean our our service is pretty much the same thing i mean we're there are some elements we don't have obviously we can't have the choir and we don't do the children's moment stuff and um and and you know some of that stuff had to go away and some of it not so bad that it had to go away i mean we you know um, our service is now 20 minutes faster <laughs> in some ways and then because of all the moving parts that go with it and and you know um but i think what that whole idea that people piece is so important you know how you like and i we talk about here we remember the five uh connect with uh five people every day through facebook through text message through phone call through letter writing you know Find five people that you can connect with, five different people every day, um, and, and just check in on them and, and connect with them and see how they're doing. And, and that has made a huge difference in our congregation of people reaching out in ways that they never had time for before. Um, I would love to say that they weren't doing it, that we have people that were doing it and we have people that are doing really well beforehand and they're doing a better job even now because they have a lot more time than they had before. Um, but I think it's that remembering to connect with people and being, um, authentic in it. And you don't have to have a script or a track to hand to somebody and say, you know, Hey, if you were to die tonight, you know, (laughs) do you know where you're going? Um, there are way better ways to handle faith relationships. And it's as simple as just being honest and saying, Hey, you know, like pastor said this on Sunday, I didn't agree with it or I didn't like it. Or I, it's, it's what'd you think about it? You know, if they went, you know, or they listened and it's like, you know, having like encouraging our people. And I think that's where encouraging and equipping our people to say like, you have the tools to do this. You don't have to have the degrees. You don't have to have the classes. Like, you know, you, you really have what it takes to talk to to people and connect with people. Um, And and you just do it and you just share people how the faith is making a difference on you um and and the way that people get that is pastors modeling it. And I don't see enough pastors modeling it. Um, and I see pastors modeling the business model of the suit wearing, you know, authoritarian, non-relationship building pastor. Well, that's not helping your church grow because you're not equipped you're not your people are watching you and the sheep are not following you because you're just, you know, your business, you're straight business and you know people need to see you out in the community now i know that's different right now like don't go out in the community (laughs) now like stay at home wash your hands but there is still ways that you can be visible in your community even in the digital realm like right now like my big thing has been sharing you know making sure i share with what's going on in the community like local businesses like um hey do you realize that this local business is now open again and they're doing curbside like go buy from them like you know like that's a good way of engaging and showing people you know like you know, I'm not asking you to come to Jesus and go, you know, shop at the coffee shop. I just want you to go shop at the coffee shop because it's a good thing to do to support our local businesses. Um, you know, I think that just equipping our people, better equipping our people, but then modeling it as the, the leaders, um, whether you're clergy or lay. I mean, I think that that's very key to, to get to moving people um, in, in better directions.
2: I mean, the place of the church is ontological. It, it, it's a being reality. And what we've done is that we've given it a functional or geographical reality. Um, It's what it's where the church is and what the church does. And this is a time that we can lean back into church as being. And so what what I've done in terms of vitality work in before COVID nineteen has been, hey, your church has a place, and here's some resources to understand your demographics and but i've also tried to lean into your church has a place as in a role as in a state of being in your community and this is i think amplifying that or shining a magnifying glass on that now because all we have to do is look at the morons and look at the heroes Mm -hmm. you know you, you see the the role of some of the churches on social media today and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, you see that. And uh, guess what other people do too. Right. And, that, and that's the witness that they're giving in this COVID-19 time. And that's why I call them morons because they're encouraging people to do really dumb things or they're letting their theology, which isn't necessarily good theology, shine. Oh, you know, I'm, we're gonna do this. We're, you know, we're gonna start meeting tomorrow. Why? You know, you know, oh, because of this. Well, either it's bad theology and it's just bad human, you know? Right, right. Uh, So, but <laughs> you also get to see the heroes in moments like this. And that's, right, what we should be trying to focus on and being encouraged by. And, you know, there's people doing some really good stuff, giving the right witness to the world of really who we are as the church. Um, and in some ways, this is going to be helpful because, the church's place is more than a space. Mm-hmm. You know, how many of our buildings right now, and we, we can talk forever about you know, building identities, but there are literally rooms in our churches right now that have names on them, that have been given in honor and memory of people. And I, I love that, not against that, but it, we have such a different type of reality and ownership with that. You know, we have parlors where we do our Bible studies. There are churches that have parlors where the furniture has been insured for over $100,000. Mm-hmm. Just the insurance because it's antique, beautiful furniture in a parlor to sit in that nobody can actually sit in the chair because it's too expensive to sit in. We just mm-hmm. sit there and look at how pretty it is. Um, you know, We have to create what fellowship is now without a fellowship hall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, oh, where do we do it? Oh, Fellowship Hall. I, I just cringe every time I hear those words because it's right, such right. a church word and such a <laughs> church, church space. Yeah. You know, where, where are we at? You know, just call it the coffee room. You know, I don't <laughs> right. know. But, um, you know, wh- what do we do to build that and to build that fellowship, that community, when we don't have a room to go into? So how can we recover some of, it's not just our demographics, But really, what is the role of the church? What is the place of the church? Every church has a place. This is our place in this story of the community.
1: And I think, I I hope that's what this has done for us to make us go, oh crap, we can't use our buildings right now. What are we doing? What have we been doing that we can do out here or has already gone on? You know, whether it's supporting our local businesses or our food pantries, Or people right going in uh, now that we can't go see our people who are shut-ins and things like that are we picking up the phone we doing these things and if we haven't been it should be a huge red flag for us and the church to go oh crap we we've missed some things here and now that we have to have to being forced to move beyond our physical space into other spaces that we do that and go oh here's where I missed a step here's where I can pick it up here now today. And then how do I keep that going in some form or fashion in the future? You know, finding that place for the church. And if everything that we've done in our church and our local congregations is here in the physical building, and none of it moves out beyond the doors or the parking lot, what are we doing? You know, our our place is not in the community. Our place is on the church property, and it's not affecting our community one bit and if we shut our doors after this is our community gonna go oh i miss them or are they gonna even notice you know i mean that's that's really a lot of what we're looking at um i don't know that there's gonna be this revival and and we're all able to gather back in place i think people are gonna either go oh i did really miss that or
0: it really wasn't all that important and i just went sometimes you know well and i think that that's where it's gonna be you know, like going ahead and going ahead and planning, you know, what? what's your first month going to look like? Even like, even with the reality of like the first month may not come for two more months, but like, what's that first month going to look like for your church? And 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 I think you can go ahead and do that. Like we've already got a plan in place for worship for, for three weeks um, and what that's going to look like for us. And, um, you know, that to me, like, just having that little bit of planning i think we need to um uh you know be aware of that and to um have that complete honesty of like go ahead and like this is a great time sit down with your leadership you know whatever your leadership however you can uh even if you have to send a snail mail saying hey here's a survey fill this out get it back to us as soon as possible like and compile that information um to be able to move in a in a new way like um, I think that that would be very helpful for the time coming because there's going to be a time where we're going to be back, and if we're not ready, we're going to be you're going to be you're going to be far worse than what you were coming into this, um, and I think we have to be we have to be on the forefront of that and be planning ahead, which is not something the church does well, um, and and just be willing to do new and exciting things, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in the realm of your for four corners of your church and that's okay too like and that's been okay all along so like don't think that you're just now giving this permission you should have been doing it all along but now i think you can really open yourself up to that and so michael you know it, it, do you have any parting words for us uh as as you get ready to go and then even like now you're about to head back into the local church so get ready for all those churchy words you're looking forward to uh, mm-hmm. you know
2: yeah I, for me i it's an interesting time because i'm I'm such a planner, you know. I, I knew kind of going into this, I thought, oh my goodness, I have to talk about something every week, you know, for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know? That freaked me out. And I, I guess there's just part of my personality that was like, I can't do this week to week thing. That will I'll I'll just I, I won't be able to live like that. So I started just thinking, how do I think ahead about stuff and plan and things like that? Um I mean basically, you know the thing that I would say is you know understanding your your people, remembering it's about people over just production, especially in this time, um, think about the role or your place, what is the place of the church in this time? Is it to keep doing what we've always been doing, or is it to lean into something new, uh, a new identity, a new witness instead of being the people that used to have the flea markets every Tuesday oh gosh we can't do that anymore can we but we can now live into this new role of you know whether it's through community engagement uh telling not just our story but telling the story of other people of the community and you have mentioned this in terms of what you folks are doing and being part of you know hey highlighting other people in the community, telling their stories, you get to be a voice for them and encourage them. And that's what it means to be part of community. Um, I always help people think about priorities. And I think this is gonna help us remember that as much as we've tried to help people with discipleship pathways, discipleship systems, really COVID-19 is teaching us that it's about engagement. So, so whenever you're thinking about pathway or an intentional discipleship system or whatever is going to be the priority for your church it has to involve engagement and engagement is different than tracking things like attendance or dollars which is good and we have to do but we have to do things now the lens of engagement and so i think engagement of disciples rather than just discipleship systems or programs. And I think just a final word that I'd share is the four P is just passion. And I don't want people to lose their passion with the stress of all of this stuff. And for me, kind of going back into the local church, I feel that urgency of right when we get back in, we got to go, 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 go. And there's a part of me that wants to remember to rest, uh, to, to, use this time to be rekindled, to adjust, to give yourself permission to take time off, even when you go back, you know, don't forget your um, uh, vacation time, your Sabbath time. Um, I don't want pastors to be just as busy on the other side of this as they were before or even during. I want them to use this time to think differently about stuff. And so some of that is you know, maybe the first thing you do when you are allowed to get out of your house is think about travel with family or friends, vacation, you know, not just get back into the building and do it the way we've always done it. Um, so that, that's what that's what I want to kind of think about. And And at the end of the day, it's the hardest work to do in any type of, you know, pastoral ministry is the deep work. Mm-hmm. It's the foundational stuff. So much of the urgency of this moment is creating production or busyness, and we don't have the time or the space to do the deep listening or the work of understanding why we're doing it. So, I can watch a church online, just like I can watch a church in personal face to face worship, and they can give me 17 different ways to support their ministry financially but they never tell me why, why I should. And so again, I see a lot of like, Hey, you can give 17 ways to our church right now. And I just want to know why. And I think part of that is we spent so much time trying to figure out the how that we're forgetting our whys hashtag, you know, Simon Sinek or whatever, you know, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, Hey,
0: Hey, S- Hey, Simon. Uh, yeah.
2: Not original to me, but it's pretty yeah. important. Or I think he puts it in a language that we can grapple and, and, hold on to you know it makes sense to us so um and that's for me that's where passion comes from it's it's from creating that space to remember why you're doing what you're doing in the first place but thanks for the opportunity to talk through some of these things there's probably a ton more we could have discussed or gotten into but i just appreciate the time to talk and to chill out with you guys and encourage you a little bit so hopefully this is encouraging to people
1: yeah. yeah, no, thank you. You have an open invitation to come back on
0: and unpack anything. <laughs> we appreciate your time. Uh but we're not but we're not like logistical movers. So like don't ask us to move because we're definitely not the worst at <laughs> best at picking up boxes. We like to stare at boxes, but we won't pick them up for you. Sorry. Just That's not right. how we operate. <laughs> um and so we want to encourage you to go to our website at dot and check out all of our uh, great content that we have up and uh you know, just check out all we have. You know, this would be a great time to buy a coffee mug because I know you need another one, Um, or even a t shirt because that one t shirt you've been wearing for three weeks is probably time to change it. And so, you know, add to your collection. And so just check us out at beardedtheologians.com. And so for the Bearded Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out.
1: Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com thanks for checking us out